Welcome or welcome back to Soap Lord, the official gathering place for newbies, novices, and OG die-hard fans of the golden age of prime time. I'm your host, Jed, and we're viewing and reviewing the Sophia Sudsy's primetime storylines of the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Last week, I told you all about Dallas' surprise extended season. Today is an only Dallas day. We're going to see if they can pull themselves out of third place. We are talking about episodes 22 and 23, where the plot finally thickens. There's finally a story that I feel compelled to watch all the way through. Don't get too comfortable. This will be a quickie. Giving you the good, the bad, the bold, and the bubbly of one iconic soap. So whether you're new to this or true to this, sit back and enjoy. Tell the kids to play outside or out of sight. Tell Babe no questions, suggestions, or concerns for the next 25 minutes. Tell everyone else in earshot, be cool, be quiet, or I will kick you out. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is Soap Lord. Hey guys, welcome or welcome back. So glad you decided to join me today. We're going to make this super quick. Episodes 22 and 23, one is really interesting, one isn't. We're going to start off with The Outsider. This is a very, very special episode all about love and loss, the healing process, and the very high highs and low lows of vices. Actually, it's not that deep. This one is truly just a filler episode. So Ray's back in the picture this episode, and he's falling in love with yet another unavailable woman. Doesn't work out for either party this episode. He meets this woman at a bar. She's chilling by her. She's actually with a group of people. Decides she wants to stay. One of her group members doesn't like it. Ray comes in. He's kind of the knight in shining armor. They end up spending that evening together, just chit-chatting. And they spend a couple other evenings together in the bar, talking it up. Seem to have a lot in common. All is well, right? Absolutely not. This is a soap opera. Those meetings quickly turn into secret meetings in a hotel. And before long, Ray is making plans. Donna, that's her name, on the other hand is a much younger wife of a Ewing ally named Sam Culver. Now, Culver is as old or older than Jock. He seems to be one of his running buddies from back in the day, and he's got a lot of pull in the oil industry. So that means JR is on him like white on rice, like stank on doo-doo. He's on him immediately wanting him to basically shut down the OLM, which is the office that Cliff works for. I can't stress this enough. This epi- this is basically a filler. This is the appetite, the appetizer, excuse me, before the next episode, which is much deeper, much darker, much more interesting. This episode basically goes like this. You know, JR wants the old guy, Sam Culver, to get Cliff out of the office, get Cliff out of the OLM, basically shut the OLM down so he can do whatever he needs to do. Now, the Sam Culver, he used to be a little bit of a hothead or a hot shot, and he's mellowed out since he's got this new young wife, this fine young thing who's also messing with Ray on the side. Now, it's not like that. She actually has a great relationship with Sam Culver, her husband. He respects her. He loves her opinion. He likes that she's thoughtful and careful and kind of meticulous in the way that she thinks, finds her to be really wise. So if she doesn't say go, he won't go. JR clocks this eventually and he starts being he's on her like white on rice. He's following her around and he quickly figures out that she is having a torrid affair with Ray. Now, he don't want to get beat down by Ray. He already knows that Ray doesn't love him. Ray don't like him. Ray wants to smoke. He almost beat him down once or twice before. So he's not really trying to get beat up. What he does instead is he tries to blackmail Donna. He pulls her aside one day. No, actually, he didn't pull her aside. He follows her from her home to downtown Dallas where she's trying to shop and live her life. He confronts her about the affair in that sleazy car salesman way where he's not really, you know, he's telling you, but he's not telling you. And he tells her, hey, 
I won't tell Ray that you're married and I won't tell your husband that you got a little boyfriend if you just convince your husband to shut down the OLM. She's like, all right, bet. But then Donna does something that I admire greatly. This is how I know this was never going to be anything because women on these shows don't do the sort of things that she just did. She refuses to be a pawn like the call girl or Garnett, who they bring up in this show a lot this episode, I guess, to remind us why Ray is brokenhearted, which I'd forgotten. Garnett, by the way, is red from Orange is the New Black. Donna is not having it. She's not going to be a pawn. She's not going to be ran out of town. She's not going to be embarrassed in front of anybody. She decides she's going to blow up her own spot. So what she does is she goes home and she tells her husband, listen, kid, this was great. We both know this wasn't going to be long term. Thank you for everything you've done for me. This is over. She ends her marriage. She then meets with Ray on top of a building in Dallas. And Ray had kind of suspected. You could tell he was sort of making plans, but he asked her flat out one point, where do you see this going? Are we ever going to be a thing? She She's not able to give him a, a real answer. So it's clear that he knew something was up. He just didn't want to ask her flat out. She finally tells him, yes, I was married. I just ended that. And I'm going to go away for a little bit. I'm going to leave town. I'm going to get my mind together. But when I come back, I want it to be me and you if you're willing to have me. And of course he is. Blah, blah, blah. This was just a filler. It didn't mean anything. It has nothing to do with anything. The real tea here is that Sue Ellen is starting to spiral and it's, it's becoming more and more apparent that there's something else going on with her. She's hosting that Daughters of the Alamo luncheon at her house and she's stumbling. She's bumping into things. It's very clear, very clear that something's going on. And two of her homegirls from the committee, they stage a coup. They do it really politely, as you do in Texas, because no one's going to stab you in the back just outright. They're going to smile in your face. So the two girls, they go over to Ellie and they pull her aside and they're like, hey, we notice that Sue Ellen hasn't been feeling well lately. And other members are starting to talk. Everybody's noticed. We think she might need to step down just for a little bit, just temporarily. And Ellie agrees. Ellie agrees not only that she should step down, but she agrees that she'll talk to her privately about the matter. Only she doesn't. She waits till the party is dying down. And in front of the two ladies who staged the coup, she says to an unsuspecting Sue Ellen, Guys, Sue Ellen's been really tired today. I think she's going to step down from the committee. Now, why those two things go hand in hand, I'll never know. That'll make no sense to me. And Sue Ellen is caught totally off guard. But she's a proud woman. She's a Texas woman. She's going to hold her head with dignity. And she's like, I was just thinking the same thing. That's a weak move. That's a really weak move. And I already didn't kind of like Ellie. I definitely don't like her now. I don't like her character. And it's a little bit annoying that nobody noticed she had a drinking problem until it was until it began to tarnish her reputation outside of the home. That's all that pretty. Oh, 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 one other thing. So that we're going to jump deeper into that on the next episode, which is episode 23. John Ewing, the third part one. But before we get there, we got to tap on Lucy. As you remember, Lucy is heartbroken. She was engaged to Kit, decided that wasn't going to work out. So she's quote unquote sad. She's hanging out with her little homegirls, her little hoodlum homegirls. And they're trying to get her to go to a party. And she's like, no, I'm not really feeling it. I don't want to do that. I just feel so sad all the time. Well, one of her friends tells her, I have something that'll make you feel better instantly. Don't worry about it. You'll have a great time at the party. And Lucy, she... She tries not to for as long as she can. And then eventually she's like, okay, cool. What do you have? Her friend has these magic pills. Lucy takes them. 
she instantly feels better. We'll pick up on more of that on the next episode. Well, on the filler episode, episode 22 was simply put in play to set the tone for Lucy and Sue Ellen for episode 23. John Ewing III, part one. Episode 23 is a full-on fiasco. We get to actually witness the spiral. We're going to start off with Lucy. So Lucy went to that party. Side note, the party was on a Wednesday. Who goes to a party on a Wednesday? She apparently enjoyed the effect of the pills so much that she's now hawking jewelry to buy more pills. She goes to Pam's job. And let me get my stance together. She goes to Pam's job and she buys this bracelet with a credit card. She then pawns it. The bracelet was 350 bucks. She pawns it. She gets 50. She buys pills from this totally high looking kid who looks very, very familiar. I can't quite put my finger on who he is. As soon as I remember, I'll tell you guys. So she's popping these recreationally at this point. And one night she ends up over at Ray's house trying to get it on with them. He makes her coffee. He goes to get Bobby to tell him that, hey, Lucy's high out of her mind. Help me sneak her back into the house. Of course, once he leaves, she leaves. She goes back to the party and she continues to spiral for the rest of the episode. Sue Ellen, on the other hand, she's no longer the president of the Daughters of the Alamo. So she's got more time on her hands. She continues to drink. Here's the interesting thing. No one is actually saying anything. No one is calling this out. It was noticeable at that Lucy's engagement party that she was drunk. Pam had to take her into the house. Ellie noticed it then. She just didn't say anything. JR, of course, has called her a lush more than once or twice. But even after Ellie sold her up the river, she doesn't say anything about it. She doesn't say anything until Bobby brings it to her attention. So Bobby's at the office one day. And I think Pam shows up. I can't remember if Pam shows up then or she shows up later. But they're at the office and Sue Ellen shows up because she and JR are supposed to attend something. They're either supposed to go to lunch or dinner. For whatever reason, they have a a penciled in date. Sue Ellen waits like the whole day. He doesn't show up. So she goes to his office where he keeps a fully stocked bar. She has a good old time. Decides after several hours of waiting for him, she's going to drive home. Well, Bobby and Pam live their life. They're having a good time. And on their way home, they see Sue Ellen's car park kind of catawampers or sideways off of the side of the road. They pull her out of the car. They have to take her into the house. And it's at this point that Bobby has to tell his mommy, his mommy and daddy. So he goes and he tells them and Ellie, which (sighs) Jock seems to be clueless. I I don't really get what his character's there for other than to be the paternal figure for, for JR to kind of rein him in. I guess that's what Ellie and Jock do. They just rein in JR for the most part. Jock is surprised that Sue Ellen's drunk. He hadn't noticed a thing, but I mean, he's an old man. That doesn't surprise me. Ellie, on the other hand, is looking really pensive, as if she didn't just sell her up the river, as if she didn't make her go to bed at the party. She knows what's up, but does nothing. Bobby's like, hey, we got to do something. She's, this isn't good. She could have been hurt. You know, unfortunately, she was driving drunk. So what Ellie does is she waits till JR gets home and she gives him a very soft piece of her mind, basically saying, I turned you over to, I don't know if she turned him over to the nanny or to Jock too soon. And for that reason, he is a horrible, no good, very bad person. And she can't think of anything nice to say about him. But what she knows is that, dude, you have played your wife from the moment you married her. You've been wasting that girl's time. You've been stringing her along. You need to do something. She's She could die from this. You need to go do something. So he goes upstairs and starts smashing bottles or whatever. Doesn't really matter what he does. Sue Ellen is, it, she's fed up. 
She's drunk. She's over it. She's super big pregnant. Oh, here's the best part, guys. If you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, especially since Sue Ellen has been pregnant, you know, I have questions about when a woman could and couldn't drink circa 1979 through 1983. Didn't seem to be frowned on, didn't seem to be an issue. Sue Ellen does go to her OBGYN, who is a woman, and the doctor, <laughs> she could probably smell her because Sue Ellen took a really long pull off of her uh, her flask in the parking lot, and then she stumbled into the appointment. And the doctor's like, Sue Ellen, there's a lot, your blood alcohol level is crazy. It's off the chart. You need to stop drinking. You need to stop drinking so much. And Sue Ellen's like, I only had a cocktail at lunch. No big deal. Then the doctor says this. She answers a question that has been on my mind since I started this podcast. Allegedly, according to TV, circa 1979, the doctor says, we don't know the effects of heavy drinking on the fetus. Really? Heavy drinking. Heavy. Not a drink or cocktail or two, but heavy Guess it wasn't a big deal. People were going to serve a pregnant. You would never see that today. Serving a like a big pregnant woman at a bar would never happen. Anyway, that's that on that. Sue Ellen's fed up. She decides she's going to leave the house. On this fateful day, it's Sue Ellen the drunk and Lucy the pill popper. Now, Lucy is high as a kite. She's downstairs keeping herself entertained by doing nothing, really. She's just kind of giggling to herself and spinning around and being fantastical for no reason. When Sue Ellen... And her very thin briefcase of a suitcase comes stumbling down the steps. Now, Lucy's looking at her like, girl, are you drunk? And she's looking at Lucy like, girl, are you high? And (laughs) I guess in the dizzying shock, Sue Ellen loses her footing, stumbles and splat-a-tat-tats down the stairs. Lucy's so high that she can't quite put it together that, oh my God, like this pregnant lady fell. She's just kind of hovering over her like, what the whoa what's going on luckily ray is within earshot he hears her stumble down the stairs they rush her off to safety actually that's really incorrect they don't just rush her off to safety they rush her to the hospital where she's going to be sitting there for a couple days now this prompts jr to actually finally take action now that it's outside of the house that's my suspicion it's outside of the house the world knows she showed up at the hospital from falling down the steps with a huge pregnant belly blitzed out of her mind absolutely wasted now one thing is for sure sue ellen is is not gonna cop to being drunk she don't care what the doctor says she don't care what the hospital blood test says i'm not drunk i tripped over my high heels that's why i fell the only other thing i can think of that may or may not be important let's just go ahead and say this lucy seems to get over the fact that she loves her pills she does surrender them to i can't remember it's to bobby or ray bobby talks to her about like hey you could have like sue ellen was she could have died And you were too high to do anything about it. She feels really awful about it. So he lets, you know, he lets her off the hook. And JR goes to pick up Sue Ellen from the hospital. You think he's taking her home, but no, he actually takes her to rehab. So that's what we're going to pick off for the actual season finales. I'm so glad I did those two episodes together. I'm about to go watch all three. I'll be back as soon as I can. Remember to keep all your drama on TV and I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.